This is Toledo Symphony Lab, a behind-the-scenes look at the world of classical music from WGTE Public Media and your Toledo Symphony. I'm Brad Cresswell. Joining me today are the Toledo Symphony's president and CEO, Zach Vassar. Also in the studio with me is the TSO's marketing director, Vanessa Gardner. On the phone, we have our music director, Elaine Trudell, and a very, very special guest... His conductor, John Morris Russell. Welcome, John. Thank you very, very much. Fantastic uh, to be here with you all. So people know you as the conductor of the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra, but you are making a sojourn to Toledo uh, this weekend for a concert called To the Moon and Back. It's a Valentine's Day uh, offering, lots of beautiful music on there. And let me ask you before we we jump in, um, have you conducted in Toledo before, or is this going to be your, your debut with the orchestra? This is my debut with the orchestra. I mean, I, I've conducted all the orchestras all around Toledo, <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, this, is, this is super special. Yeah, you, you eventually spiraled your way down to, <laughs> down to joining up us. To, up to join us, up I think to. is what you meant to say. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. I was thinking of like the roulette wheel with a little ball that spins around and eventually settles down in one the place. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, Guys, we can be a lot more positive yeah. than this, I yeah. promise you. <laughs> okay, and we're off to a good start for Valentine's. <laughs> may, may, may I jump in at this moment? Uh, Please, <laughs> save us. It, it, it's, it's not that we're, we were interested and invited John, but it's the fourth time I invite him this year. Uh-huh. And the first time he accepted. Of course, he, he's been incredibly busy, but he, I hope everybody understands how much of a treat this is going to be. I mean, this is like a big time conductor we have here. It's fantastic. You're talking about John Morris Russell, right? Yes. You're not talking about yourself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You said big no, time no, no. conductor and, here, and I thought maybe you, you know, had something to say. Oh, no, and 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 to the moon and back is not a concert about Apollo thirteen either. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was kind of thinking it was about Jackie Gleason, you know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> nice. Alice, one of these days, John. one of these days, and away we go. <laughs> so anyway, back to business. Uh, normally, what we do is for our special guests, we have them to tell their story, so we can sort of get to know you a little bit better. So I've got some music for you. This is uh, actually the Cincinnati Pops playing a little holst for us. We'll get that going. Oh, there we go. Yeah. You're conducting this, <laughs> by the way. Not right now. Not right now. But okay. Gotcha. Not right now, but in the, <laughs> the actual recording. So this is your theme music, Maestro awesome. Russell. That, that this means I've got like six and a half minutes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> go, go for it. Let's hear your story. Well, I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, on the shores of Lake Erie. Uh, I went to Shaker Heights High School and uh, grew up going to uh, concerts with the Cleveland Orchestra. And um, uh, went off to college uh, in the the East Coast. I got my first gig with the Northern Ohio Youth Orchestra in Oberlin. I also conducted the Akron Youth Symphony and the Mansfield Youth Orchestra. I was the youth orchestra king of northeast ohio uh i uh uh, went to get my graduate degree at the university of southern california and um uh came back and worked at vanderbilt university for many years 
uh, went down to Savannah to conduct the Savannah Symphony as the associate conductor. Uh, and then I got the call to become the associate conductor of the Cincinnati Symphony and the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra. Uh, and I was there for uh, a few years uh, and then uh, parlayed myself to Windsor, Ontario, right across uh, Lake Erie from uh, Toledo, mm-hmm. and uh, was a music director there for 11 years in Canada. And that's where I first met uh, Alain and all of the fabulous music making going up uh, uh, up north to the to neighbor to our north. Um, I've had the opportunity of conducting the Detroit Symphony, of course, uh, Windsor, Cleveland Orchestra. So now I finally get to get myself to Toledo. Um, uh, in uh, 2011, was called uh, after uh, Eric Hunzel had passed away, was called to come back to Cincinnati to lead the Cincinnati Pops. And I've uh, been here for the last 10 years, and uh, I'm a Buckeye through and through. And so it's a real treat now to be able to come back to Toledo. All right, you still have four minutes of music left. <laughs> you opened the football door, so that should fill it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Elaine, tell us something about uh, Maestro Russell that we may not know. Uh, something well, good, uh, yeah. Something good. Well, everything is good, come on. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> well, you know what? Um, I'll have something a little later about... Uh, you, you asked us to, to think about uh, some a piece that... Uh, that symbolizes uh, romance for us, but uh, that that will have to do a little bit with John Morris. But you know, John Morris and I were both in, in the hunt for the the winter job, and he, he, I was I was runner up to to his job there. So we we actually usually conductors we don't hang out together and we don't like socialize all that much, especially we're in this hunt for same kind of work. But uh, we always got along great. And when I was conducting the opera in uh, Cincinnati. Uh, John invited me to his place. We had a great time, and uh, we've been just good buddies since. Yeah, that's great. That's great. You know, I conductors have this thing. You know, when when you get to hang out with another conductor, it is so much fun. We spend all of our time just laughing because uh, conductors <laughs> never ever get to see each other because you know everyone's always off doing their own thing. But yet we we work in these you know the, the exact same you know universe uh, uh, and 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 we, we we know all the people we know all the personalities uh, uh, we know each other's stories and it's it's always a joy uh, to, to hang out uh, and um, uh, uh, shoot the stuff uh, <laughs> and enjoy some good Canadian beer. <laughs> Excellent. That doesn't exist. <laughs> that, that, that was yeah. cranberry juice for me, by the way. <laughs> L- let me it. ask while I'm thinking about it, um, Mr. Russell, do you have a, a, an instrument? I mean, Alain is a trombonist. I mean, did you have a, an instrument that you studied specifically? Well, I, trom- uh, uh, Alain is a incredible trombonist. Uh, I, I was a, a trumpet player. Uh, I, I kind of grew up as a band geek there in, in high school, right? So, you know, I was in the marching band in the, and the school orchestra and the pep band and the jazz ensemble and the brass ensemble that, you know, that would meet at 6.30 in the morning. Uh, I was a complete and utter band geek. Uh, and it was, um, uh, it was in, uh, early in college, I, I kind of blew my chops out. And uh, so... Uh, continuing as a performer was just completely out for me. So uh, that's uh, actually what uh, uh, what kicked me in the pants to uh, try a career in conducting. Yeah. Wow. Yay! 
Okay, well, we've got two minutes of music, but I'm just going to go ahead and stop it. Here we go. I, I think all of that cheering was for the fact that I was no longer playing Trump. I think that's probably... I was going to ask for clarification there, but I, yeah. I didn't want to insult you. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so when two conductors get together, do you find yourself subliminally cueing each other? Like, to no, go on, go on. Or are you oh, like... Oh, my God, Zach, this is, this is so funny. Um, uh, when I was to Southern California... Uh, a, a small, very small conducting program. There are a half dozen of us uh, who were all studying with Daniel Lewis uh, back in the day. And I invited all the guys over for pizza uh, uh, over at, at my apartment. You know, we were making pizzas. We all had beers, you know, and there we are all, you know, talking shop. You know, what, what's your favorite uh, recording of Claire Sinatra, et cetera. So, you know, I go off uh, to <laughs> go to the bathroom and, uh, and I walk back into the room and I see five guys holding a beer in, in, their, in their left hand and gesticulating to each other in their right hand. I, <laughs> <laughs> it was the funniest damn thing I've ever seen. Wow. And now you drink, and now you drink, and now you drink. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, if John and I get together, that's not exactly what we do. We just hang out and talk about food. <laughs> but it has to be, you know, I mean, the job of a conductor is a pretty complicated one and, and having to get all the cues right. And let's say, you know, my experience personally is in opera. I used to be an opera singer. And I imagine not only cueing members of the orchestra, but also cueing, you know, singers or performers that are on the stage that are soloists, that sort of thing. It, there's got to be a lot that goes into it. I mean, what what are some of the the tips and tricks that you rely on in order to to make the magic happen, as it were? Oh boy, that's a big one there, Brad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll cut it out yeah, later. Yeah. Uh, uh, put, put on the uh, 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 put on Act Three of um, uh, of Meister Volta, Singer. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I'll go into this. Here. I think we've got a good soundtrack for that. Here we go. Here's a little Valkyrie for you. <laughs> um, uh, I, so much of it is. You know, you've got this this written page in front of you, uh, and uh, uh, the process of studying is you look at that that written page, and you can actually you hear the music in your head. You create it all like you know, so that you can hear it inside of you. Uh, you know, when you're studying, you know, you don't have any music going on except for what's in your head. And then when you're in front of the orchestra, you hear the physical sound that comes at you from the orchestra, and you compare it. Uh, in in the split second to the to the sound that's in your head, uh, and and uh, you know through your gestures you try to make all of these two things match up, but they don't always match up. And oftentimes when you get to work with a really great orchestra like Toledo, um, you know someone's going to come up with a musical idea that I hadn't even thought of, uh, and at that point you kind of throw out the idea that was in your head and you jump on to what that player has brought up. There's always a sense of of, of flexibility of of uh, uh, the musicianship that, that that comes to the table um, that that gets mixed up with um, uh, that gets mixed together uh, with 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 uh, uh, my own musical ethos and and that is the real great exciting thing uh, about especially about working with an orchestra for the first time because y- you get to make you know this really special alchemy uh, uh, when we're all there together yeah Elaine you agree with that of course, of course, of course. And that's, uh, <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> no, but, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it sums it up. I mean, the, 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 the important thing also is to keep, uh, keep everything fluid and, and keep everything moving. 
And uh, th- that's an error that uh, we, I, I, probably, John, you didn't do that. But for me, when I was younger, it's like over-queuing things, making things over-complicated. Oh, and yeah. I remember right. I, I was playing with, uh, I was conducting a pretty pretty famous officer. Principal Second Violin came to see me and said, you know, you should use the kiss technique, you know? <laughs> and I said, what's the, <laughs> what's the keep it simple stuff? <laughs> no, 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 I, I, no, 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 especially the, not with that guy, but the, the, the keep it, keep it simple, stupid, right? You cannot have, you cannot have a tree per branch, you know? <laughs> yeah. A tree per branch. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Well, this is a, a Valentine's Day themed uh, program, and, and I do want to ask you guys about your favorite uh, Valentine's Day or romantic, you know, music. We'll have that discussion, but before we do that, let's warm up and do a little quiz, a little Valentine's quiz. Uh, let me bring in some Valentine's quiz music for that. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Don't ask. Okay. I have so many questions right now. <laughs> you okay. have me at this is too loud. <laughs> so, this is like drive time at five. <laughs> <laughs> so you want a traffic report or you want the quiz? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Traffic on northbound 75 is a clears the bell right now. A couple of snowflakes in the air, but nothing to be worried about. Going westbound on 475, this traffic slows down at uh, Corey Road. Okay. All right, here we go. Let me get my papers in order here. Did I distract you? No, it's okay. Um, We're all about distraction here. So, we're with two conductors. You're not allowed to do that. What I'm going to do? What I'm going to do is give you uh, the question, and then I'll give you some options, and you can choose which one you think is right. Just go ahead and throw it out there, okay? Is that to say this is multiple choice? Yeah, multiple okay, choice. Thank you. <laughs> it was or very multiple guests, as we used to say <laughs> yeah. in college. Yeah, multiple guests. Okay. And Merwin is not there, so we have a shot. Yeah, oh, Mer- Merwin's on Merwin. the board with five already somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Mer- Merwin usually he wins. Won. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, it's quiz is over. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. What was the origin of Valentine's Day? Was it an ancient Roman pagan holiday called Lupercalia, which involved a lot of booze, sex, violence, and fertility rituals? So far, so good. (laughs) Or was it the Catholic Church, which named their festival for two Christian martyrs from the 3rd century? Or was it an old Norman fertility festival called St. Gallatin's Day, which was convoluted into the name Valentine? Or is it all the above, or is it nobody knows for sure? I thought there was a. I think it's A. It's A. I'm feeling B. I'm thinking number three. I don't even know what that is. Hold on, hang on. I have to look at my paper. Wait, is it all of the above? None of the above. Nobody really knows for sure. I mean, all those, all, all of those possibilities are possible. But depending on what source you use, nobody really knows. <laughs> I want my money back. Yeah, this is this, yeah, yeah. I'm giving that one to Merwin. Okay. <laughs> now, what was the origin of the expression to wear your heart on your sleeve? Okay, three choices. The first the one mistaken is, surgery. <laughs> is 
<laughs> During the Middle Ages, single men and women would draw names out of a bowl and pin them to their sleeves for a week. Or is it medieval knights who would wear a lady's token around their arms when jousting? Or is it from William Shakespeare in the play Othello? Or Othello, I guess he wrote Othello is the Verdi opera. But, yeah. I'm going to say number number two. Number two? I'm going to go with pin, pins on sleeves. Mm, what? Well, pins it, on sleeves. It, okay. I'll give that yeah, to Zach. But it is an Othello, though. It Uh-oh. is. It, it's all three yeah. of these are related, but actually, uh, I guess. the one in the middle, the Middle Ages, um, happened first, I believe. Ah. Uh-huh. Well, I, I mean, the Middle Ages did predate Othello. <laughs> I, I mean, if I just think about it. Yeah. <laughs> We've often said it. This is an educational podcast. And, and Shakespeare also predated Verdi, so I think we're we're just moving okay. forward in time. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Fifty-one percent of all flowers sold around the world are red roses. How did red roses become the universal symbol of love? Was it due to the ancient Roman goddess Venus, because it was her favorite flower? Was it the War of the Roses in the 1400s? Uh, The Red Roses won, by the way, the House of Lancaster. Or was it the Robert Burns poem, Red, Red Rose? Hmm. Or number four, was it? Red, red wine. <laughs> no. Okay, I'm Wait, giving that one right? to John. That's <laughs> not an option. I, I like his answer better than what I got here. <laughs> Neil Diamond doesn't agree, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Venus, the Roman goddess Venus. <clears throat> right? Good job, Merwin. Yeah. <laughs> Merwin has one point, two points. Yes, Merwin is so far ahead. No catching up at this point. Okay. Uh, this is a little different. You need to match the color of the rose to that color's meaning, right? Okay. So yeah. this oh, is yeah. this is according to good housekeeping. I've got six colors here, black, white, blue, lavender, yellow, or green. Is it a heart unacquainted with love? Uh, I'll just give you a 50-50 shot. Is that blue or white? Blue. 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 <laughs> a heart unacquainted with love is white. Okay, that goes to Merwin. Why do we give <laughs> white to roses to the dead then? We see, yeah, uh, well, yeah, and I remember uh, uh, in Windsor we would give roses to to all of our soloists uh, after performance, <laughs> and we, you know, and th- there'd be different colors. And once we presented a, a bouquet of white roses to our uh, 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 pianist from China, and she was just completely mortified because it was Ooh, like yeah. could not have been the worst color. You know, it's like wow. the color of death. Wow. Literally. <laughs> well, now I don't but, feel but, like we should move on. <laughs> but how was your playing? <laughs> yeah. Let's be serious. It was spectacular. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. She missed that last cadenza. Bring out the white flowers, please. Okay. <laughs> well, white roses can mean different things nowadays. I mean, you see them at weddings all the time, right? I don't me, know what that me. says. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here's another one with mixed messages. Uh, <laughs> Jealousy and infidelity. That's the old meaning. The new meaning means friendship. So this would be yellow. <laughs> yellow. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yay! Mystery and intrigue. Is it blue, black, or lavender? Black. Lavender. Yay! Nope, that's wrong. Sorry. I'm going to go for blue. I'm going to go out on the limb here. <laughs> 
Mystery and intrigue is blue. I learned earlier that every limb has a tree, so I'm going to go out on a limb here and yeah. choose blue. Yes. Yes. Love at first sight. Lavender, yellow, or green? Whatever you can find. Oh, <laughs> uh, green. <laughs> Lavender. Yay! Lavender. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to skip the last two. Let's find something else here. Wait, I feel like we need our music bag. In the last two questions. Yeah, there we go. What was the first recorded kiss in history? Now, this is where lips actually touched, because I guess the ancient Egyptians, the Egyptians drew a lot of uh, pictures where people almost touched their lips, but not quite. How right? naughty. So, so when you say recorded, you mean it in, in, in drawing? Well, just written down. Written w- down. Was it in the Song of Songs in the Old Testament? Was it ancient Vedic Sanskrit texts from around 1500 BC? Or was it the Kama Sutra, which was the 5th century BC? <laughs> B. <laughs> I have to look at my paper. That's actually right. The Vedic Sanskrit texts, kissing was described as inhaling each other's soul. Ooh. It's so funny with the music. <laughs> <laughs> Northbound US 23, there's some kissing yes. in the right lane. Oh, Lord. Okay. Southbound traffic, rubbernecking. <laughs> here's here's one for Vanessa to answer, okay? On, on, on average, what percentage of Valentine's Day gifts are purchased by women? Is it 20, 25%, is it 50%, or is it 85%? 25%. <laughs> <laughs> no. Would be. Would be 50%? No. Wait. 85%? 85 no. percent. 85%. 85%. And 15% of United States women send themselves flowers on Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, that makes sense. Oh. Boy, the Floral Association is This is a racket. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, not 80% of the women I hang out with are buying. Has anybody Day. here sent themselves flowers for Valentine's Day? No. Mm. Yeah, me uh-uh. neither. Oh, okay. Maybe Merwin. Let's ask <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <Or Merwin. laughs> I was so emphatic with my answer too. Yes. Okay. <laughs> wow. I'm. 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 I, I really want to look into the data on that. <laughs> All right. So, who invented the heart-shaped box of chocolates? Not the heart-shaped candies. The heart-shaped box of chocolates. Was it Richard Cadbury? Was it Milton Hershey or was it Russell Stover? Russell Stover. Russell Stover. Russell Stover. Yeah. Um, no, he actually sold them in the 1920s, and they are the largest distributor of heart-shaped boxes nowadays. But he didn't invent mm. the heart-shaped box. So it's A. Cadbury. It's Cadbury. A. Yeah. Cadbury. I guess it had to be Cadbury. Wow. Yeah. 18, 1861. Leave it to the British. <laughs> yeah. They found it pinned on their shirt sleeve. It was a heart-shaped box. <laughs> wow. Okay. Excellent. Last one. Where did the phrase "to the moon and back" originate? Was it? <laughs> Was it in a 1969 official NASA document? Was it in a 1994? <laughs> was it a 1994 children's book about a plush rabbit's father and son story, or was it Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet? 
Which one of those three first mentioned to the moon and I'm back? I'm going to go for the bard. Yeah, but I don't think he actually says to the moon and back in Romeo and Juliet, so I'm going to buzz that one. Well, then why'd you put it on the, on the quiz? Because <laughs> it's a red herring, as we say. Okay, so it's got to be, it's gotta be the uh, children's book. Actually, yeah, it is a children's book. Yeah. As far as the way we think of what it means, you know, expressing yeah. love. But there was a NASA document that did say to the moon and back in 1969. <laughs> well, so, of course, so, they went to the moon and they came back. <laughs> now, I always misattributed it to It's a Wonderful Life because he says that he'll lasso the moon for Mary, yeah. but he doesn't right. say I love you to the moon and back, right? Now, I just want to make the point that it, it's, it may not be as impressive a statement as you think it makes. Like, in 1969, it took them eight days to get to the moon and back, right? <laughs> and they stayed there for a couple of days. So when you're saying, I love you to the moon and back, it, it's good for about eight days, and that's it. <laughs> Brad, coming from you, I'll take it. <laughs> that in a Las Vegas uh, uh, wedding, right? Exactly. Yeah. Eight days if you're lucky. Totally. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm surprised, Brad, that you didn't get in here our our, our little candy trivia because there's a, there's a great uh, uh, Northwest Ohio tradition here um, from um, uh, Bryan, Ohio, and the Spangler Candy Company. Oh yeah, that's right. Here, let me get the music, and you can you can do a quiz for us. Okay. There you go. Well, it's not really a quiz. It's just it's just a little bit of trivia. Uh, uh, the Necco Wafer Company from from Boston, from Boston. closed yeah. up shop several years ago. But besides making those weird Necco wafers, uh, Necco, <laughs> besides making those weird Necco wafers, uh, they also made those those little candy hearts. That's right. the, you know, little things. You know, I love you. You know, all, all those little messages on them. And when when they went belly up. Uh, uh, it was the uh, uh, Spangler Candy Company that bought them up, and now Spangler, Com uh, Spangler Candy of Northwest Ohio produces all of those millions and millions of little heart-shaped candies. Wonderful. Yay! They didn't tell you that they're paying you in Spangler Candy, right? <laughs> well, I got all the peppermint I could use. <laughs> no, it's a great, great company. They, uh, they, if you ever get out to Brian, they, uh, they do factory tours. Yeah. Oh no, I, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm crazy about them. In fact, uh, our our pops pianist uh, with Cincinnati Pops, uh, an amazing uh, uh, musician and wonderful person, Julie Spangler, and she's part of the whole Spangler family, and they are big music lovers. Well, welcome to our uh, candy podcast today. <laughs> We're talking about Spangler candy, and well, candy is you know a favorite this time of year, being our Valentine's Day special. Um, before we go. And we may have to push this off into the podcast uh, version of our program today. Um, I want to ask you guys about music itself and your favorite piece of romantic-type music. Um, I'm going to go with that Rachmaninoff uh, symphony. What is it? The Adagio from the... Is it the second symphony? Yeah. I like the way Elaine sings it. Yes. You can tell I put a lot of thought into this. But yeah, that's my choice. I'm, Zach, let me turn it over to you because you I know you put some thought into this as well. Um, so uh, my wife and I have our song um, is a Chet Baker B-side that we first heard um, up way too late on uh, St. Pa Patrick's Day, St. <laughs> <Saint> Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, but it's, it's This Is Always. And uh, we loved this song and we were standing, uh, dancing in our living room to it on repeat. 
and uh, we're living in this uh, loft apartment downtown, and it's about 2.13 in the morning on the 15th of February, and we've been dancing to this song for about 15 minutes, and it's just on repeat play. And all of a sudden, a stranger barges into our apartment. <laughs> <laughs> And he thought it was the exit door to the stairwell. (laughs) And he was as terrified of us as we were of him. And uh, that went on to be our song. So it was at our wedding reception (laughs) when we got engaged. But it is a beautiful, beautiful song. Strangers in the night. During the wedding reception, did... Did, did you have some people like barge in in the middle of that to, you know, keep the tradition going? Yeah, they're called wedding crashers. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Very nice. It's a great song, though. Do check it out. Well, let's let's head to the conductor's side of the table. Uh, which one of you wants to go first? <laughs> they're, they're cueing each other. They just can't see. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. Raising your hand doesn't work on the radio, by the way. Okay. Yeah. So here, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. jump in. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I met my wife in Savannah, Georgia, when I was the associate conductor of the Savannah Symphony. And um, uh, Savannah is, is Johnny Mercertown. Uh, and um, there's, in fact, one of the Little Rivers tributaries uh, along the coastline is called the Moon River. Uh, and Mancina wrote the tune, but it was Johnny Mercer who, who wrote the words. And um, uh it, it it kind of became our song. It's beautiful, sentimental lyrics, and just what what an incredible melody. Mm-hmm. And so we always think upon uh, 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 our time in Savannah and that just the, that beautiful city, uh, and that's where we fell in love. And so that is kind of our song. Uh, orchestrally, um, uh, this is a little bit of an outlier, but I just think it's gorgeous and it doesn't get played enough. The Spartacus. Oh, yeah. by Cassiturian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. kills me. So beautiful and just beautifully orchestrated and really heartfelt and sincere. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just one of the great orchestral love songs that, that just doesn't get played that often. Yeah. Wonderfully, wonderfully chosen. And John, I noticed you have Moon River on the, uh, the set list. Along hey, voila. <laughs> and, and I think there, there is Cassiturian too, right? Yes, Cassidurian, though, we, we didn't quite have a, a size uh, with six-foot distance between all the players to, to fit on the full uh, uh, Spartacus. So uh, so we decided to go with, with the Guyane suite, um, uh, the beautiful lullaby from that. And uh, I don't know, for some reason, I've, I always had this kinship with um, with Cassidurian. He was born uh, on June 6th, as I was. And for some reason, all of his music, it just uh, like really appeals to me. I his, his piano concerto is just, I think, one of the great masterpieces of all time, and it just never gets performed. I will join you with that. I uh, I love that piece, and I've only seen it once. Yeah. Oh, well, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. We'll make a note. Make a note of that, Zach. If only there was a music director on the line <laughs> that I could tell about that. Uh, speaking, oh, speaking right, of how which, about you? <laughs> speaking of which. I'll let you go next if we do the Cacciatoria and Piano Concerto. <laughs> right. let, let's hear from you, Elaine. What, what uh, piece of music resonates for you in the romantic uh, arena? Well, it's even more precise than romantic. It's really from Valentine's Day. At, uh, and I said it has a little bit to do with John because uh, I... First time I did. Oh, really? (laughs) 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 You you had me after I can't do the gig. But 
we're we're in the podcast version now. We can say anything we want. No, but seriously, folks. <laughs> so, so in uh, in uh, those many times where I went to conduct in Windsor, uh, that's the connection. Uh, we have this group that are called Five by Design hmm. that came to to do their uh, the radio day show. And my all-time favorite Valentine's tune is their version of I'll Be Seeing You mm. in all familiar places. Uh, of what? What is it? I'll Be Seeing You. I'll oh, I'll Be Seeing You. In <clears throat> all familiar places, yeah. yeah. That's, even more than anything classical, anything that's... Uh, and for me, a close second is the Nino Rota, uh, Roma and Julia. Mm. Oh, yeah. So those are the two. Uh, I know they're not classical, but on on Valentine's Day, those two are like, mm, they're, they're my two favorite songs. You know, Alain, the uh, I'll Be Seeing You is actually buried in the harmonic uh, structure of the second movement of the Cacciatore on Piano Concerto. Okay. I, oh, yeah, I'm, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking your iPhone away from you, Zach. <laughs> well, that leaves you, Vanessa. I saved the best for last. <laughs> uh, I think anything by Astro Piazzolla. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. Cafe 1930, Oblivion. Oblivion Libertang- is amazing. Libertango is on, on this concert. Yeah. Anything. I think it's just super sexy. and. Yeah. What, just... what about French horn parts? Um, well, uh, there's a great brass quintet arrangement of Oblivion. It <laughs> 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 has a beautiful French horn solo, so I get, I get the both, yeah. both of them. So. I, I don't know what it means that Oblivion uh, is a, a favorite <laughs> love song of yours. But... Hey, hey, Vanessa, when was the last time you started crying in the car? Uh, uh, yeah, that was uh, about... Oblivion of a different kind. A day and a half ago, thanks to Brad Creswell. Okay, now we need to clear this up, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, I was running to Whole Foods. And I, actually, I was sitting out in front of pet people to get my dogs some stuff, and and um, you know the the immolation scene was playing. Thank you, Brad. And I just like yeah, play, lost playing it on the radio on the radio right. on the okay. radio. Yes, and I just completely lost it. I mean, it <clears throat> it was playing on my way there, and I started crying on the expressway, and then. I, c- I had to oh. listen to the end of it, and it was like crocodile tears in the yeah. parking lot. So it's one of those driveway moments. Hopefully, really no one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. That's the power of the medium, my friends. That's right. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Oh my. <laughs> It has absolutely nothing to do with Valentine's. Well, I don't know, you know, where we can go from here. But. Well, Valhalla is gone. So what else do we have? <laughs> that's a that's a love story in, in itself. Set right? myself on well, fire. At least, at, at least it's not Father's Day that's coming. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I plan on making a, a whole lot of people cry on Father's Day. So. <laughs> I'll do my best. Uh, put the same tune. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Well, I do want to mention again, the concert is happening this weekend. More information at ToledoSymphony.com. It's called To the Moon and Back, Toledo Symphony, along with our guest conductor, John Morris Russell, who is the uh, conductor of the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra, making a little trip over here to Toledo to conduct our program before I let you go, uh, John, maybe you want to talk a little bit about the music that's uh, on the program. I know that, uh, you know, Zach mentioned that Moon River is there. What, what else are we going to hear? 
Well, it's kind of a melange of uh, uh, music from the, the classical repertoire, from, the, um, uh, from film, from popular music. I mean, my credo has always been, if it sounds good, it is good. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have everything from Piazzolla, mm-hmm. the Libertango, that one was for you, Vanessa. Yeah. Uh, the Eldar, String Serenade, mm-hmm. beautiful Larghetto, the, uh, uh, the second movement of that. Uh, from film, everything from uh, Gabriel's Oboe by Morricone, mm-hmm. from, um, uh, from the film The Mission. Uh, some other tango, Poruna Cabeza, which is also from the film Moon River. A beautiful arrangement of Sophisticated Lady by uh, Duke Ellington, uh, arranged by Morton Gould, mm-hmm. a classic arrangement of that. Uh, music uh, from Defia, from the uh, Three-Cornered Hat, the Fandango. Um, uh, music by Faure, the Sicilian, which will be featuring uh, our principal flute. Um, uh, music by Corngold, uh, 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 some incidental music from Shakespeare, the garden scene from Much oh. Ado About Nothing, oh. uh, and uh, a little Cachaturian uh, and uh, some Cole Porter. And, uh, uh, again, one of my all-time romantic favorites, Debussy's uh, Claire de Lune, uh, mm-hmm. in a gorgeous arrangement for Chamber Orchestra by Mouton. That's fantastic. Such a, a, a potpourri, a cornucopia of, of offerings. It's a box of chocolate. Yes. <laughs> box of I mean, chocolates. Um, so, so I actually have, have a question now that we're in podcast territory here. Um, it seems that when anybody gets a box of chocolates, they're surrounded by the uh, Forrest Gump concept of you never know what you're going to get. But what is it that you're looking for? And what is it that you're happy to get? In a box of chocolate That's right. or in a Pops concert? <laughs> Are we talking chocolate or music here? <laughs> um, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'd, li- I'd like to relate both a box of chocolates and the music because the thing is, it, it's always, you know, you, you're going for something that, that you know you're going you're gonna to want. You know, like, you know, you see that caramel and you say, oh, that, you know, it's that little cube shape and it's got, you know, the milk chocolate on top and it's got a little salt. Oh, it's going to, you know, you're going in for the caramel. But then you find out it's something completely different. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And it's something that even exceeds your expectations. And so putting together a program is so similar to that, right? There are always going to be those things that you know, but there are going to be some things that, that are going to be unfamiliar. And you want to make sure that when you put that unfamiliar something in there, you know it's going to be really, really good. Uh, or people might not recognize the name of it, but they're going to taste it or listen to it, and it's going to be something fantastic. So, so it, it's that you know that, that that sense of diversity, but it's also making sure that every single thing in there is just a hit. That's amazing, yeah. and that's that, that's a great concept. I actually saw an interview with Robert Zemeckis recently, and and he said that the original line from Forrest Gump was was not "Life is like a box of chocolates," but "Life is like a Valentine Pops concert." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good analogy, though. And we should point out, you know, this is a great opportunity for couples or whoever is celebrating Valentine's Day. You know, make that dinner, light those candles, put on the symphony, watch this concert, the streaming concert. It'll be wonderful. You have to do it, you know, a couple of days before the actual Valentine's Day itself. Well, now that we know that uh, 85% of women buy themselves something (laughs) for Valentine's Day, I think we have a different marketing tactic. Yeah, get out that (laughs) pint of ice cream, get out a box of chocolate, sit in front of the TV in your sweats and go for it. That's what I'm going to do, by the way. (laughs) Uh, Well, one of the great things about about this this program uh, uh, and, and, and all the programs that we've been doing over the last, you know, uh, many months is that they're, sh- they're shorter. You know, it's like 60 minutes. And so it's just the right amount of time to pop open that bottle, 
uh, you know, lay out some food and, and to make a, a, a real spectacular uh, evening uh, surrounding, you know, a, a, a concert that, that is um, uh, just the right length. Well, folks can find information about it at ToledoSymphony.com, the uh, site for streaming all the concerts from the Toledo Symphony, and where you'll find this one when it streams live. That'll be at stream.artstoledo.com. I want to thank uh, everybody for joining us today. We've had a fun, lively discussion, a lot of things that we talked about, but uh, most of all, we're just honored to have you uh, join us not only here on the podcast, but of course with the uh, the symphony, John Morris Russell, wonderful conductor, uh, whose recordings I've been playing for some time, so it's been a real pleasure to speak with you uh, on the air. Thanks so much, Brad. This program is a production of WGTE Public Media in collaboration with our sponsor, the Toledo Symphony, with generous support from the Rita Barber Kern Foundation. You can download episodes of this program as a podcast by going to our website at wgte.org lab. You can also subscribe to us through your podcast app of choice, including Apple and Google Podcasts. I'm Brad Cresswell. You've been listening to Toledo Symphony Lab from FM 91.